Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for joining. Just a forewarning, just a little bit of warning about this episode. It's going to be pretty dry. So normally we have news and commentary, responses to emails, there's drama and all that type of stuff. There's not going to be any of that in this episode. This episode is going to be focused on how to research dividend companies. That's it. So if you're into the other stuff, if that's what you're wanting, wait till this weekend. Make sure you're subscribed. I'll have a big long episode this weekend that I go over all the current events. I have a lot of things to talk about, a ton of emails, lots of interesting subjects. So there's going to be plenty of that entertaining stuff this weekend. This episode's really going to be focused on just how to research a dividend company. Really the things that you have to know going in if you're going to start picking out companies. So having said that, let's jump in. My portfolio is mostly comprised of dividend growth companies. Those are the type of companies I invest in. There's been like two or three that have cut their dividend during this pandemic, which I think is pretty good out of a portfolio that has about 47 companies in it. So it's done well so far. If you want to look at any of the companies in my portfolio, you can do that. In the description of every video I post, there's a couple links. One of them is to my Discord. That's a way to support the channel. We talk about investments all the time in that. Another one is a link to the brokerage I use, M1 Finance. And then right here, this is the important link, the link to my main portfolio. So if you click on this, it is a free way to look at all the holdings that I have. It brings this up. It shows the portfolio yield, the expense ratio, the number of holdings. And then you can go and click into any of the M1 pies here, like consumer. And you can see all the companies I'm invested in and the target allocation with them. So that's all in the description of every video. I update this link of my portfolio. It matches when I post a video. So my portfolio will be like this whenever I post a video. Now I'll also mention that I started putting timestamps in the description of my videos. So if there's different parts to interest you or that you wanna go back and reference or anything like that, I have timestamps there as well. But let's go ahead and jump into selecting stocks here. So first of all, every brokerage has different research tools. On M1 Finance, if you go to the research tab here, you can go to stocks right here, click on that, and then it brings up this list here. It is all the major stocks on the stock market, and they're organized by largest to smallest, meaning the biggest market cap to the smallest. We have Microsoft in the lead right now at $1.4 trillion. It's incredible. I think in 10 years, there'll be companies that are probably worth three or $4 trillion. It's something that I really could imagine happening. So this will be interesting to see how this progresses. But regardless, if we're looking at dividend stocks, there's a couple easy tools we can use to filter and find these type of stocks. So one thing you can do is right here where it says dividend yield on the min, type in one. Now all of a sudden, you get rid of all the stocks that don't pay dividends. And the ones that are shown pay a minimum of a 1% dividend yield currently. If you wanna have even lower, you can go 0.5. And then you have Visa there that pays a 0.6. So this is an easy tool. You can go, I want stocks that pay a 1% dividend yield. And then you can even play with other things. Like let's say I don't want to look at all the biggest companies, but I want ones that are a little bit smaller. Maybe they have more growth potential. So I'll go companies that are smaller than 20 billion, 20B. Now we have companies worth under 20 billion. So there's a couple filters you can use here. Most brokerages have these type of filters or there's different websites that have them but this is an easy way to look at it. Now, another thing you can do just to get ideas is to look through the sector radio dial here. 
and select what sector. You can go to communication services. This brings you AT&T, Verizon, Disney, Comcast, the really big telecom companies. These usually have pretty high yields. Now, what I would recommend if you're building any type of portfolio is that you do not have a highly concentrated portfolio unless you're incredibly confident in your decisions. And even then, I would still recommend having diversification. It doesn't matter how well you think you know a company, trouble can happen. Unforeseen events can happen. A couple years ago, I don't think anybody could imagine what happened to Boeing, that two planes would crash within six months and the stock price collapsing. I don't think anybody could have imagined that. So diversification is really important. Look at what's happened to Disney. This is a company that was, in general terms, highly diversified, had cruise lines, media property, broadways, had a lot of different businesses. Turns out that a virus is a really big deal for Disney. So uh, diversification is really important. If you look at my portfolio, I have lots of different companies in different sectors. That is because it spreads out the risk that can be specific to certain types of companies. And no matter how confident you are, you need to spread out risk. So what I would recommend doing is having the dividend yield, set it to at least like 1%, and then just start clicking through these different sectors. Start looking at companies that you recognize and know something about. If you're clicking through and you're looking at all these different companies, you want to look for companies that you recognize and know something about. If I went through and I'm looking at financial companies, there's lots of ones that might look interesting on paper, but I know nothing about them. ICE, I'm not sure what that is. MMC, no clue what that company is. These aren't ones I'm really interested in learning about because I don't even have a basic knowledge of them. Why would I invest in companies I know nothing about where the learning curve would be extremely high when there's companies that I do know something about, that I actually have accounts with them. I know how their business works. I recognize them. That's generally speaking, the type of investments you should focus on are ones that you have more knowledge about. So I would go through these different sectors just to get different ideas. Now that you found a company that pays a dividend, you recognize the products, you know something about it, that doesn't in and of itself mean it's a good investment. There's lots of companies that you can really like the product, but they're terrible investments. I love GoPros. I think those cameras are awesome. Terrible company to invest in. So there's things that you can do to figure out whether it's a good investment or not. Now, let's go and look at healthcare here. Let's look at Johnson & Johnson. This is where we leave M1 Finance and we go to a website that specializes in information about the stock, just an analysis website. I like using a website called Seeking Alpha. It's seekingalpha.com. That's the URL. I have no affiliation with them, but I think it's just a really basic website. Really, you could use any of them. Finviz, Yahoo Finance. There's a lot of different websites that do this, but Seeking Alpha is one I've used for a while, so I'm familiar with the tools. Now, what you do is you just go to the search here, type in J&J. That's for Johnson & Johnson. It'll bring it up. And then we have some basic information. It shows the price chart. And then what you're looking for here there's these different tabs. You go to dividends here. This shows you the dividend summary. This has lots of really good basic information. The first thing that I typically look at is the dividend yield. 2.7%, that's a pretty good starting yield. Nothing crazy. Really what I look at with the dividend yield is if it's super high, that's something that can be a red flag. So if Johnson & Johnson was yielding 6% or 7%, that would raise some red flags. That would be something where I would go, I need to investigate why this company's yielding so high. Why are investors selling out of this company bringing up the yield? I look at the dividend yield. That's an important thing, but there's something that's more important. This is step two, the payout ratio. The payout ratio is one of the most important things to dividend paying companies. It's one of the most important things to look at. If I was to give it a comparison, it would be like if you're playing a video game, the health bar. That's what this is like. So you have your character, your soldier or whatever. He has his health bar, zero to 100%. 
When he gets to 0%, he dies. That's what happens in the game. The only thing is with the company, the payout ratio, it's like in reverse. So the higher this number goes, the less healthy the dividend is. So you don't want this to be at 100%. That means the company is spending 100% of its net income on dividends. Everything the company earns, all the profit, if it had a payout ratio of 100%, that means it's paying all of its profit and dividends. It has no money for anything else. That wouldn't necessarily bankrupt the company right now, but that means that they are in an unsustainable situation. They have to make it so they're paying less in dividends. So that's what that means. Some companies have payout ratios that creep above 100%. That means that they're paying you a dividend with debt. They're taking out debt and they're giving you that money to pay the dividend. So that's very unhealthy. That's a situation that's completely unsustainable. A payout ratio of 50%, that's pretty healthy, especially for a company like Johnson & Johnson. So you want companies with payout ratios typically between 20 to 60%. If it gets above 60%, that means that they're getting into a little bit of trouble there. Now, there is a exception to this, and that's REITs, Real Estate Investment Trusts. They have to have high payout ratios because they're a pass-through entity. They don't pay federal taxes. And so they're mandated to return a certain portion of their net income to shareholders. So REITs don't count with this, but for every other company, you want lower payout ratios. So everything so far with Johnson & Johnson checks these boxes. We have a decent normal dividend yield, 2.7%. It's not super high. It doesn't raise any red flags. We have a payout ratio of 52%. It's a little bit on the marginally high side. They could lower that a little bit, but for a big company like Johnson & Johnson that's well-established, I think that's a decent payout ratio. The next thing we can look at to get some information on this company is its dividend history. This tells us how it's operated in the past, how well-managed it is. It might give you a certain idea of how dominant this company is. Johnson & Johnson, it's a company that's been around forever, completely dominated. It's been around for 100 years plus, and it's paid dividends for decade after decade after decade through all sorts of recessions and dot-com bubbles, financial crises. Nothing can stop it from paying a dividend. Even this pandemic, there's really no chance they're going to cut their dividend. So typically with most companies you look at, they're not going to have this solid of a dividend history, but you want to generally see the same thing. A company that is committed to stable growing dividends. That's something that's important. So everything with this company looks good so far. It has a good dividend yield, it has a safe payout ratio, and it has a really stellar dividend history. Let's go ahead and look at some other information. Let's go over to this tab here called Key Data. This one is what scares away a lot of people. If you're not an accountant, this can look really scary. Rows of information, of financial information. Don't be intimidated by this. There's a couple basic things you can look at. One of them is really easy to find on a variety of different websites. Total revenues year by year of a company. That's something really important to look at. One thing you have to understand is that dividends don't just appear out of thin air. The company has to generate revenue to pay you the dividend. So if a company is not generating revenue, they're not going to be able to sustain that dividend. So this is something that you want to look at as well. The total revenues of Johnson & Johnson from 2011 look like this. $61 billion. Then in 2012, it went to $65 billion. And then in 2013, it went to $71. And then $74, down to $70. And then back up to $71. And then 2017, $76. In 2018, it went to $81. And then 2019, it went to $82. So not every single year their revenues went up, but overall you can see the trends. Overall their revenue at 2011, it started at 61. And then in 2019, it went to 82. That's what a $20 billion increase over 10 years. It's pretty good. They're earning $20 billion more in revenue than they were 10 years ago. I would say that's solid revenue growth. So this is something you want from a company 
if they're going to continue paying you dividends, you need to see revenue growth. So that's an important thing. So, so far, I've looked at four pieces of information, the dividend yield, the payout ratio, the dividend history, and the revenue growth over time. Those are four basic pieces of information. This is a lot of information gained in what can take five to 10 minutes for a company. This is stuff that takes me five to 10 minutes and I can gain a lot of information about the company. Of course, this isn't the only information you need to make an investment decision. If I wanna invest in Johnson & Johnson, I wanna know their future relevancy. I know they're a pharmaceutical company, they make medical devices, and they have a lot of consumer products. Those are the three basic ways they make money. I see it as a company that will have continued relevancy going forward. It's going to have products that we're going to need in the future. So this is a company I have in my portfolio. I like investing in it. Now let's go ahead and look at a counterexample. Let's go look at a company that a lot of dividend investors, I'm sure ones listening right now are investing in, that I don't think is such a great investment, that I'm very unsure of the company. And I'll show you in their financial statements, things that really cause me concern. Let's take a look at IBM. So the first thing we look at is this dividend yield here, 5.3%. To me, that is the first red flag right off the bat. 5.3%, that's a very high dividend yield for a technology cloud company. That's a very high dividend yield. What other tech companies are yielding 5.3%? We got Microsoft that has a very low yield. There's Apple, Amazon, Salesforce that doesn't even pay a dividend. I don't know of a lot of tech companies that pay a 5% dividend yield. So right there... I'm asking questions. Why aren't more people buying this company if it's offering this juicy 5% yield? That's a really high dividend yield, double the market average. So right there, a lot of new investors might think, wow, this is yielding 5.3%. That's a lot better than other companies. I'm going to put more money into this company. To me, it seems like a red flag. That's the first thing I get out of it. But let's keep doing a little bit more research. We go to the payout ratio. This is the health bar. Again, the higher, the less healthy the dividend is. 58%. That's on the high end, but it's still right there, I think, mostly a healthy payout ratio. Let's go ahead and look at the dividend history. IBM has a pretty phenomenal dividend history. It had some trouble in the early 90s, but that was a long time ago. They've been paying pretty consistent dividends for decades, and they've been growing it very fast. Look how fast they're growing this dividend. They're paying $1.62 a share per quarter, when just in 2005, they were paying $0.18 a share. That is huge dividend growth. So the dividend history looks great. It's a growing dividend. Now from here, let's do the same thing. We'll take a look at the financials and see what the revenue growth is of this company. Let's take a look at this. We have in 2010, they earned 99 billion. In 2011, they increased that quite a bit, 106 billion. That's pretty good growth there. Then 2012, it went to 102, so they had one year decline. In 2013, it went to 98, and then to 92, and then to 81, and then to 79, 79, 79, and then in 2019, it's 77. So wait a minute, they earned $77 billion in 2019, that's last year, and then 10 years ago, they earned almost $100 billion. So over the course of 10 years, the growth that IBM has had is to earn $23 billion less in total revenues. That's the story with IBM, declining revenue year after year after year for an entire decade. That's what they've been doing. So this is the complete opposite of what I want to see. I like stories like J&J, where the revenue is going up, expanding every year. Over the course of 10 years, J&J earned $20 billion more. IBM is earning $23 billion less. Now, this raises a whole nother question. If we go back to this dividend graph here, how is IBM paying their shareholders more in dividends every single year when their revenues are going down? This doesn't really add up. They're paying you bigger and bigger dividends every year, but the money that they're earning is declining. Well, let's investigate this a little bit. 
We can also go down and look at historical payout ratios. Right here, it has a line called payout ratio, and it does the same thing. It has it year by year. This is how much money out of their net income they were paying in dividends. In 2010, IBM was paying 20% of its income in dividends. One-fifth of the money they spent went to dividends. And then if you go year by year, you can see that their payout ratio has crept upwards and upwards. Remember, this is like the health bar. IBM, over the past 10 years, their dividend has become more and more unhealthy. So over the past 10 years, they went from a payout ratio of 21% to 60%. This is a rapidly increasing dividend payout ratio. IBM cannot continue to do this. They cannot continue to have declining revenues with growing dividend payments. Something has to change. They either have to increase their income and have this revenue go back up, or they have to cut their dividend. So this is what you're investing in if you invest in IBM. A lot of people, if they go and they just look at the dividend here and they say a 5% yield looks good, I'm going to invest in it. They're not looking at the full story here. They don't know that they're investing in a company that has been struggling over the past 10 years and it's on a crash course. It has to correct the direction it's going. So this is part of the reason why I don't have IBM in my portfolio. I see these declining revenues, this raising dividend. I know that they're on an unsustainable path. Maybe they can turn things around. I'm not saying this is a declaration that they can't turn things around. That's not what I'm saying. But right now, the picture doesn't look good. They have to make adjustments and changes. I like companies that are already going in the right direction. If we look at the tech pie in my portfolio, I have three companies in it, Microsoft, Apple, and Visa. These don't have the same story as IBM. They have growing revenues over the past 10 years, all three of them. Their dividend payout is completely stable. Their payout ratio has remained low over the course of 10 years, even though all of them have been raising the amount they've been paying in dividends. So these are the type of companies I like to have in my portfolio. I think IBM is in a really tough position. But beyond that, there's another thing I'll mention. I work in tech. I work in programming. I work with a lot of different services. I see Apple used everywhere. I see Microsoft services used everywhere. I see Visa. There's a lot of other companies I see used everywhere. I don't see much IBM. So that's just something anecdotal, but I don't see a lot of IBM in the workforce when I'm going about my projects. I see Salesforce, I see Slack, I see Twilio, uh, I see Adobe. I see all these other tech companies, but I don't see a lot of IBM. So just something anecdotal there, but that does mean a lot to me. IBM has some things that are troubling to me. Again, it's not a declaration that they can't turn things around, but realize what you're investing in. If you have a company that has a declining revenue stream, declining net income, but a raising dividend, that dividend is not sustainable. They have time to try to fix this. IBM does have some years ahead of them that they can turn this around, but it's a thing where they have to make adjustments. So we'll see what happens going forward. So that's really pretty much it. If I was to outline it, you look for a couple things. They're all really basic. Something in finance, people try to make this stuff out to be so complicated, so sophisticated. If you can make it super sophisticated, then you can sell the training courses. You can sell your services to manage other people's money when it's pretty basic. If you're looking at companies, you look at their dividend yield. If the dividend yield is unusually high, if it's really high, that's really a red flag. That's not a good thing for the company. So look at why investors are selling out of that company, causing the dividend yield to spike up. The next thing you look at, is the payout ratio. That is the health bar for the dividend. The higher it goes, the more difficult it is for the company to pay out the dividend because that means more of a percentage of their earnings goes to the dividend. So look at the payout ratio and then look at revenue growth. If a company wants to continue paying a dividend that grows over time, it needs to earn more and more money. If a company earns the same amount or it has declining earnings, it can't continue to pay a dividend that goes up. Those two things can't go on forever. So look at revenue growth. If you have these things together, if you have a company that has consistent revenue growth, it has a consistent payout ratio that's healthy, 
and then it has a dividend yield that doesn't raise any red flags on just a fundamental basis there, that's probably a pretty solid company. Right there, you've ruled out a lot of potential issues with the company. Outside of this, you have all the qualitative stuff about the company. What type of products do they sell? Are they going to be relevant in the future? Does this company have a good moat that makes it difficult for competitors to compete with them? There's all that type of stuff you want to look at, but just with the basic quantitative stuff, looking at these three things alone can rule out a lot of issues. Now, the last thing I'll mention on the subject is if you don't like the idea of doing this, if this research seems like something that's overwhelming or confusing, you don't feel confident to pick out your own companies, and you don't want to have a portfolio like this, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's different ways to invest that don't involve you picking out individual stocks. So if you're in that category, we can take a look at my Roth IRA. This is something I funded in 2019. Regardless, this is all ETFs. So this is a portfolio I have. It's my Roth IRA, my retirement account that it's a set it and forget it portfolio. I literally never check it. I have it in these three different ETFs. One of them is SCHD. I think this is a really good dividend ETF. So this is one of my favorites to invest in. And then we have VYM. This is a Vanguard high dividend yield ETF. And then we have VNQ. This is a real estate ETF. So I have these three funds. I plan on just maxing out my Roth IRA, putting money in this every single year and setting it and forgetting it. So this is an option. If you don't like picking out individual companies, but you still like the idea of earning passive income and growing a revenue stream over time, you can invest in these different ETFs and they will accomplish that. And again, the links for this are in my description. View my Roth IRA. I have those three funds right there. So you can take a look at these. Okay, well, I hope that helps. I hope it gives you some ideas of different things to look at when you're picking dividend companies. I think those are the most basics. What I've gone over in this episode, I think are the most crucial aspects of picking out solid dividend companies. But Obviously, there's a lot more you can look at. If you're interested in doing this more in depth and discussing companies in a lot more detail, we do a lot more analysis on the Discord. So consider joining that if you like this topic of looking at different companies. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode here. I have all the emails and questions from you guys, but I'm going to get to them this weekend. So uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. I'll have another episode out this weekend. I will see you then.